eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's the Sparky Pfeiffer from 1250 AM The Fan, along with Nathan Marzion, Bucks super fan. Y'all follow him on Twitter and Nathan Marzion. Uh, and time to celebrate Giannis's birthday as we record this on a Tuesday night. Uh, this is his birthday, 28 years old today uh, for Giannis with his Giannis dad joke bobblehead coming up on Wednesday night when they take on the Kings. Uh, Nathan and I were talking off the air. I'm going to the, the game because 15-year-old's a big Kings fan. Marzian goes to like every game, so he'll be at the game. Uh, as well uh, tomorrow night. So looking forward to seeing the Bucks and the Kings. Kings, an upstart team, playing really well as of late. Uh, and uh, Monk, Malik Monk, is a bad, bad man early on in the season. I mean, you, he's got to be considered one of these guys for sixth man of the year at this point as well as he's playing. So we'll see what they look like uh, uh, against the Kings coming up on Wednesday night. But celebrating Giannis's birthday and just all Giannis questions. That's what this whole podcast is going to be, is talking about Giannis. And who better than the president of the man's fan club, Nathan Marzion, to celebrate his birthday today, right? So the very first question, what were you thinking when the Bucks selected Giannis on that draft night years and years ago? Nathan Marzion, what say you? So I was 13 when Giannis got drafted. So I was very young, not quite, you know, right now I'm, I'm get super into the NBA draft. I know every prospect I have, you know, I, I look at that stuff a ton yep. before the draft. And I mean, being a 13 year old, I, I knew the main, main guys, but I had no idea who he was. I, you know, I, I love the NBA. I love the bucks. I wanted to figure out who they were going to take, but um, I didn't know who he was. And I was actually up North on vacation. Cause my family goes up North um, every, every summer. So where's I mean, North, how far North are you be going here? Boulder Junction around like Minocqua area. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Never been yeah. in Minocqua. I've always heard great things. Yeah. We do a lot of like fishing and stuff. There's so many lakes up there, but it's nice. a good time. But the draft is always usually on when we're up North because it's during the summer, the very start of summer um, in late June and we don't get good service up there. And so we, you know, we've kind of made it a tradition now to watch the draft. We go to like a bar to go, to go watch it. But back then I know we didn't 
um, go out of our way to watch it. And we just figured out who he took or who we took the next day. Sure. And I remember, you know, I woke up and I was like, okay, yeah, dad, who do we take? And he showed me the paper and, you know, it said Bucks draft this Giannis Antetokounmpo guy. And you I was definitely like, did not know how to say that that easily oh, yeah. at that point. No, And I was just like, <laughs> wait, like, you know, I'm like, how is this guy going to be like any good? Or how can he be any, you know, my favorite player if I can't even like say his name, like I, right. this guy can't be any good. Like I've never heard of him. And, you know, I quickly, quickly did become a fan of him watching him play. Um, but yeah, we didn't know who he was on draft night. And, you know, looking back on it, it's just funny that I, I do remember looking at the paper and seeing that headline and seeing the the little, you know, tidbit written about him in the paper. Um, but that's how I found out. I found out the next day. I, uh, I was doing my draft show, obviously on SSB, uh, as we did every year, um, like Maxie and myself. And when they made that pick, I, I was just like, oh, well, good luck to Ted Davis. First of all, you know, that was condolences to Ted Davis having to learn how to say that name while playing up and down the court and so forth. Uh, and immediately it's like, well, he's not going to help him this year. He ain't going to help him the next year after that because you start seeing this grainy footage and you're like, dude, he's playing like a YMCA league. Well, yeah, they're grown men, but they're not very good grown men. And this this year, this isn't something that I'm going to get all excited about. And then uh, as the show goes on, you start hearing, oh, poor man, Kevin Durant comparisons and stuff like that. I'm thinking, we shouldn't even be comparing this dude to Kevin Durant at this point. Like, let's just wait and see how this whole thing plays out. And we're trying to figure out the pronunciation of the last name or anything else. I'm like, this no, this matters. Like, we don't even know if this dude's even going to come here and play. Like, he may stay overseas. He may not even want to come play here right now. It may be two, three, four, five years before we even see this dude. Who knows? We even see him. So there was definitely not a, a ton of excitement uh, going into that pick. And I remember talking to John Hammond, the Bucks GM, going, like I did to Larry Harris when they drafted E.G. on Leon and saying, John, what are you doing? Like, dude, you're going to get yourself fired if this doesn't work. And similar to Larry Harris, John's like, can't hit a home run. If you don't swing for the fences, Sparky. At some point, you got to take a swing. Like, no free agent's going to come here and sign in Milwaukee. You're not going to get Kobe Bryant to come sign here, or Shaq, or anybody else. We're going to have to kind of get lucky in the draft and hit that guy. This dude's got a ton of upside. Uh, and I don't know if they really knew the work ethic that that dude had when they drafted him. Um, but that really was, you know, his deal. Now he's down in Orlando um, trying to figure out how to fix the magic mess. Now, again, Wamanyama is right there. Maybe the magic at Wamanyama, and all of a sudden John Hammond is a genius again. Not as much as, as he was for Giannis, because everybody and their mom was taking Wamanyama at this point. But for them, for him and Billy McKinney, to do that. Now we know the Atlanta Hawks were the other team that was interested and going into the draft, there was all this talk about Giannis flying up draft boards and, and rising quickly on draft night. Um, and nobody knew where he was going to go, but rumor had it that he was moving up quick. And I, I, to this day, I'm shocked that they made that pick um, and that it worked out as well as it really did. Like I, I don't think anybody saw it. And then I really don't think anybody saw the whole taking limo to Walmart um, and, you know, getting a slushy and all this other stuff that's come along with this dude, learning how to drive in the parking lot of the cousin center with John Hammond, teaching him how to drive the, the bucks GM, teaching a player how to drive and get his license and all this other stuff. Like it, it is insane. And then to know that there was a, eventually going to be a movie made about this guy who on that night, nobody, including him, I don't think 
would have seen a Disney movie being made out of his life before this whole thing was said and done. And it's not like he's 60 and they're making a movie of him all these years later. He's still playing. And they released a movie of this dude's career. Still playing. Already got a movie out. Still playing. I, how many other players can say that? Brady doesn't have a movie out about him. Tom Brady. No. Brett didn't have a movie out about him. Brett Favre. Manning. Either one. No. Like, what other player can say they had a movie made about their life released while they were playing in the prime of their career? Is he the only one? Yeah, I don't. I can't think of one. They didn't make I one mean, of Michael Jordan while he was playing that I know of. Yeah, like those came after. I mean, it's like, and, and like you said, the fact that, I mean, and you said he's still playing. Not only is he still playing, he's barely, he's not even, you know, he's just turned 28. Like he's, yeah, he's barely in the prime. even in the prime. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's crazy. And it really is. I mean, we're biased. We, you know, followed it from the beginning and everything, but it, it's, it's hard to argue that it's not, you know, arguably the best story we've ever seen from like a player standpoint and just how he came out of nowhere and, um, you know, no, no player has ever won most improved player and MVP, which kind of just says that there's been no player that basically went from, you know, that little known and that, you know, nothing to being the best player in the world and winning multiple MVPs. And- I remember a few years in, cause everybody was like, okay, what is he going to be? Who is he going to be? And this isn't a great moment. Looking back, you're like, oh my God, Sparky, you're an idiot. Okay, fine. I've been called it many times in my life. I'm fine with it. But it literally a few years in, I was like. Reminds me of Kirilenko a little bit. Andre Kirilenko. That's kind of who he reminded me of. Like a gadget guy that can get out and run, throw down a dunk occasionally. That may, might be kind of who he ends up being. Never in my wildest dreams did I see Superstar coming out of this. And while everybody hates on Jason Kidd and so forth, Kidd was the one that gave him the ball and said, okay, young buck, let's see what you can do running this offense and bringing the ball up. And that kind of changed everything for Giannis because it made him so multidimensional as far as what he could do on the floor. Now, everybody was mad that Jason Kidd didn't allow him to shoot threes. Okay, fast forward. It's not that horrible of an idea, considering everything that we know now. He's trying his hardest and doing his best. But again, that that wasn't the worst case. Because Kidd knew if he was going to dominate in this league, he had to dominate inside. He wasn't going to dominate with his jumper. So fix that first, and then we'll work on the periphery stuff later. While everybody got mad at Kidd for it, I thought it was good. I didn't have a problem with it whatsoever. And he was part of the main reason, I think, that Giannis took the steps he took, introducing him to KG and getting that mentality. Kobe Bryant and the friendship that developed between Giannis and Kobe Bryant before Kobe passed away, and that mentality and and how Kobe went about his business, uh, and it's me versus everybody. Giannis has that same mentality. Um, The brief interaction with John Stockton, the one uh, camp or a couple practices that they had. Like, all of those people, that kid was able to bring in and let Giannis absorb their knowledge and their mentality and how they approach things, I think was huge in the development of Giannis as far as where he's gotten himself today, Nathan. Yeah, I think, you know, people are quick to to get on kid about the jump shot stuff. And, you know, that is fair a little bit to, to maybe criticize him for, you know, because Giannis has come out and said, I th- there was an interview, I don't know exactly when it was, I think it was around 2018-ish, where he kind of was asked something about, you know, maybe why his jumper has not come along or something along those lines. And he had mentioned like, you know, early on in my career, I could shoot the three. They let me whenever I wanted to my second year, they, you know, told me, okay, only sometimes. And they said never. And kid kind of told me not to. And it's kind of hard to get back to, you know, shooting them when you haven't, when you were kind of told not to. And so people kind of, you know, are quick to, to hate on kid for that. But like you said, I mean, 
his best, you know, the best part of his game has gotten developed so much because I think Jason Kidd realized, hey, this is what we got to focus on. You know, if you're this dominant down low and if you can build your body and just become this dominant figure down low, the, the jump shot's not going to matter that much. That's better than trying to, you know, you'd rather have Giannis just be amazing generational at one part of the game and be bad at the other than, okay, he's pretty solid at both. Yes. But he's never, you know, you'd rather have him just be the the, the great, great at one of them. And I think Jason Kidd realized that. And yeah, for that, he gets, he, he, he deserves a lot of credit. And as you mentioned, the, the people he was able to kind of, um, you know, set Giannis up with and, and uh, introduce to him. And that stuff has all helped him a ton. I think, you know, both mentality wise and work ethic wise and um, just on the court, you know, learning, learning stuff. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon. When a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, let's go to the second question as we celebrate Giannis turning 28. When did you know Giannis... It's going to be a superstar. When did you know he was going to be, I don't know, best player in the NBA, but in that conversation, being one of the best players in the NBA to the point where everybody knows who this dude is. Like Michael Jordan, you just said Michael or Mike. Everybody knew who you were talking about. Shaq, Kobe, right? One name superstars. Luca, right? You know who they are when you say their name. Giannis has an original name that there are not a lot of people walking around have, uh, and certainly not in the NBA prior to this. So for him, if he developed, he was going to be, you know, have that type of one name popularity. And now it's, it's global. Like we said, he's got a movie, the whole deal. It is a global superstar uh, on a whole different level. When did you know Giannis was going to be to this point, Nathan Marzian? It took a little bit because I mean, early on you had the flashes and there was like excitement, but it was excitement that, Hey, this guy could be a, a rotational player. This guy could be someone who at least helps us a little bit could be a sidekick to Jabari, you know, and it was like, all right, like we have something to get excited about. Maybe he could average, you know, 17 and 10 or something like that. It wasn't, yep. it, you you know, right away. It wasn't like people, even the people that were most excited about him, you know, I got super excited watching him as a kid. And, you know, even the people that were most excited and optimistic did not envision this right away. And it took me until it was the start of the 2017 season, right? But like before his first MVP season that year before, he came out and had like four straight games with like 30 something plus points. He had a couple 40 point games, um, that game against the blazers where he had the steal and the dunk to seal yep. it and like 44 points in that game. And he just came out and you were like, and he had just won it most improved the year prior and went from like 16 to 22 points a game. I think it was, then he comes out and is averaging like 35, 36 in those first five games. And you're like, Holy crap. Like he could do this every night. Like this could be, he could be a 30 point per game score. And that's when I kind of realized it. And he didn't, you know, he cooled off a little bit that year, didn't end up winning MVP, but I think he averaged around 26. And then the next year is when people really started to, you know, I think going into that 2018 season, people expected he could be an MVP candidate. He could be, um, you know, he should be right there. And he ended up winning it. So that start of the 2017 season is when I kind of went from, okay, he, he could be really good to he could be amazing. If you go back, I think, and you don't like talking this way uh, about guys, right? But Jabari Parker, his injuries, 
It was the best thing that could have happened to Giannis in a weird way, man. Because if Jabari's healthy, that's how that was going to go. Giannis was going to be Jabari's sidekick. Jabari was going to have the ball in his hands. He was going to be the lean scorer. Giannis was going to play off Jabari. When Jabari tore his knee up, and then Giannis had it go, that's when Giannis developed. And by the time Jabari got back, he A, wasn't the same guy, and B, Giannis had blown up so much, there was no way he was overtaking Giannis as the A guy on this team. It was Giannis's team. But when they made that pick of Parker, it was Jabari's team, or at least that's what the thought was going to be. He was going to be an automatic scorer every night, kind of like Big Dog was or whatever, and that's how this was going to go. And those injuries to Jabari really allowed Giannis to develop his game in a way in which he may not have been able to had Jabari Parker been healthy and been able to play at least offensively at a high level. Defensively, he never cared. He's told everybody that. But offensively, you know, if Jabari ends up averaging 25, 27 points a night right off the jump the first couple of years, Giannis never gets to be the guy. And I, I don't know if he necessarily develops to the way he did, Nathan. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I do think, I think, you know, Giannis is that good that he would have still emerged as, I think, the top player on the team. And I think they would have realized, okay, this guy is better than Jabari. But as you said, it might not, I don't think he would have gotten to this level, especially not as quickly as he did, because, yeah, it would have been, you know, if Jabari stays healthy, they drafted Jabari second overall to be the, the guy. Like, this wasn't, you know, he can be a piece. This was, he's the guy. And, you know, early on, that's what it was supposed to be is Jabari's the guy. Giannis is the sidekick. Um, you know, you had Chris Mill to come on as like maybe a third guy. And that kind of, yeah, as you said, that kind of would have been the focus is let's let's get the ball in Jabari's hands. And it would have, you know, hindered Giannis's development a bit. And, and, you know, as I said, I think I think Giannis still would have, you know, he's that good that he would have. I don't think anything could have kept him from becoming really, really good and becoming a superstar. But it would have probably taken longer and it might not have gotten to, you know, MVP level by you know, when, when he did, which was like 2018. Yeah, absolutely crazy. All right, let's go to the next question now as we celebrate Giannis's birthday, turning 28. Of all that Giannis has accomplished, what's most impressive to you? Of all that Giannis has accomplished, what's most impressive to you? Well, as Nathan Marzi, on first, a reminder, don't forget, we record Green and Growing every Tuesday and Thursday night. You can find them in your feeds Wednesday and Friday mornings, first thing when you wake up. Plus, we put cuts in there, you know, three cuts or so. You can go back and listen to two, three-minute clips. Uh, if you're on the run, don't have time to listen to the whole podcast, encourage you to do that as well. Again, Google Podcasts, Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, available uh, wherever you download your favorite podcast at Green and Growing. Uh, make sure to tell your friends, tell your family, and get more people listening to this podcast. All right, Nathan Marziano, of all that Giannis has accomplished, what's most impressive to you? And before you answer that, I, I would like to kind of go over the accomplishments uh, that he has had uh, to this point in his career. NBA champion, finals MVP, defensive player of the year, two-time MVP, four-time first team, six-time all-star, NBA 75th anniversary team, highest scoring closeout finals game ever, Make it $188 million. Deals, Nike, Google, JBL, WhatsApp. Plus, he's part owner of the Milwaukee Brewers. How about those apples? Actually known as the Greek freak, he is Giannis. What's most impressive to you, Nathan? There's so much. There's so much I could pick here. And it's hard to it's hard to think of like it's hard to pick one thing that's most impressive. Um I think honestly, like when I look at it and I look at the history of the NBA and what other guys have accomplished, you know, the, the thing that I keep coming back to that 
puts him, you know, right away in like the top 15 all time right now, even just having the one championship and you don't know what he's going to do the rest of his career. But the fact that he's not only first team all NBA every year, the past four years, but first team all defense. And you do not see guys do that. Like, like the fact that he's averaging 30 and then he also gets on the, you know, first team yep. all defense, defensive player of the year that never happens. Like you see, there's so many guys that are, um, you know, amazing scores and they're just, you know, they're really good players and they get all that love just for their offense. And it's like, Giannis is that good, if not better offensively than those guys are. And he's the best defensive player in the league, arguably. And it's just like that, that to me is the thing that separates him is you're getting it on both ends. I mean, the only really guys that were that good at on both ends, like Jordan was there where he won an MVP and a defensive player right. year in the same year. And it's like, you know, he was that good as a scorer and then that good as a defender. And it's like, I just, that's what I, that's what I always come back to is, um, you know, you could look just at his offense and he'd be a, a top 25, 30 player. And then, it, but the fact that you can just add in that defense and he's one of the best defenders uh, like ever is just absurd. Yeah, it absolutely is. I'll tell you what impresses me the most of everything involving Giannis. He didn't leave. To me, that's the most impressive thing of this whole thing. I mean, you I thought that's where you were going. You started talking about the history of the NBA and these superstar players. Most leave. Those that don't leave are normally in gigantic markets. Lakers, right? Kobe stayed the whole time. But even with the Lakers, you've seen guys pick up and leave. Look at Shaq. He went all over the place. He didn't stay just in one market. Michael Jordan retired and it played for the damn Wizards. Uh, he didn't play for one team. I mean, to talk about guys, you know, since the 90s forward of guys that just played for one organization that are superstars that are playing at this level, the list isn't very long. Then if you minimize it to the last, say, 20 years when the money got it kind of crazy or the last 10 when it got even crazier, um, now it really starts marginalizing that list. I mean, LeBron James is from Ohio. Grew up a Cavs fan, was all about Akron and that whole deal. Man had a TV show to tell Cleveland, I'm out, see you later, and went to the Miami Heat. And then came back to his credit, came back and won a championship for Cleveland like he said he was going to do when he was in high school, so give him props on that, and then left again. And now he's with the Lakers. Can't stay in anywhere very, very long before he's got to move on and do somewhere else. So that, to me, is the biggest thing. I, I had my questions. I did. Because... It's like, okay, yeah, he's saying all the right things, but we won't know until it actually happens. Like, we've seen it too many times. Guys say they're staying, they're staying, they're staying, and next thing you know, they're gone. And then you're like, well, what the hell? You lied to me, blah, 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 blah. What changed? And life happens. Things change. You know, there, when there's more than just you and the family, other things may play into why you take certain jobs versus why you don't take certain jobs. Hey, look at Jim Leonard for the Badgers. They don't want to leave Madison. They love the schools. The wife loves it there. The kids love it there. They don't want to move. So there he sits. Now, he may sit on Luke Fickle's staff of the Badgers. He may not. Who knows how that all plays out? But that apparently was part of the reason why he didn't take the Packers DC job when he had the opportunity to and stayed in Madison. So there's just not a lot of these guys that are like Giannis at this level to stay in a small market like Milwaukee. Now, does that mean that he's going to finish his career here? No. He may play for the Knicks. They play for the Lakers. Who knows? He may end up somewhere else before his career is all over. But he stayed here long enough to win a championship. That's all that matters to me. Like, if you're a Cavs fan and you're still bitter about LeBron leaving the second time, that's on you. 
He came back, won a championship, did what he said he was going to do, and rolled. To me, if I'm a Cavs fan, I'm good. You got me a championship in my lifetime. No matter what happens now, I'm fine. That's where I'm at on Giannis. They may not win another championship. Maybe they do. Maybe they'll win another one or two more or three more before, you know, if he eventually leaves. That very well may be what happens. But if he were to leave now at some point in the next few years, would it suck? Yeah, it would suck. But I wouldn't be mad about it. You and I talked about that before on this podcast. I'm sure some people would be mad saying, oh, I thought he would never leave. He's just like everybody else. He's not loyal. I'm sure a lot of that will occur if and when he leaves. But I won't be one of those people saying that, Nathan Marziano. Yeah, I mean, as you said, I, I mean, it would suck if he left. And I don't, I personally don't think it's going to happen. I do think he will finish his career here as long as, you know, I mean, you, you don't you don't know what's going to happen. But I just, I do get the feeling he's going to stay here. But um, we've reached a point where, yeah, he's he's done enough here that, and got us that championship that it's like, no matter what happens at this point, he is, you know, going to be and should be loved by pretty much everyone at this in this fan base, um, regardless of where he goes or what he does, because he got us that championship. He did what he said he would do. He's, you know, he's just, he's been such an awesome guy that it's like how I, how anyone could be, you know, I can understand being a little, oh, you know, that, that sucks. You'll be upset about it for a little bit, but it's like, nobody's going to be mad at him. Nobody's going to be right. Um, you know, you, you can't be because it's like he, he did everything he could to to um, could do for us. And I think that loyalty is something that I've taken for granted just a little bit because I I did not ever think he was going to leave. I always had it in my mind that he's staying. He's signing the Supermax. I had no doubts. I had, you know, every all my friends, everyone I know knows I'm a huge Giannis fan. And those rumors started flying for years. And it was like I had people all the time ask me, like, dude, what are you going to do if Giannis leaves? Like what, you know? Could you like what's gonna happen if Giannis leaves? Are, are are you like are you gonna switch teams? And I'm like, he's not leaving. Like I, I'm he's not leaving. And even so you weren't gonna move with him to LA if he no. went to the Lakers. You weren't picking up and following him. I'm not. I'm not becoming a fan of another team. No, I I like Giannis because of the Bucks. I don't like the Bucks because of Giannis. But see now um, you say that, but the history in this state says you know people that love Brett Favre went and rooted for the Jets, went and rooted for the Vikings, and then when Favre retired, they all came back. Well, some of them, not all of them, came back. Uh, so you do have a lot of people that root for the team, fall in love with their favorite player, and then because of circumstances, say to hell with that team and go follow that player. You would not have been one of those people. No, I definitely still root for Giannis. And like, if the Bucks were out, sure, I'd root for whatever team he's on because, like, that you know, I, I want him to be successful, right. and I'd still, I'd still, you know, really, I'd be rooting for him. But um, no, the Bucks would still be my team. But yeah, I mean, people would ask this to me all the time, and I, yeah, I just was so confident, like he's not leaving. I, you know, he said it a million times. And some people, you know, don't believe that stuff. They're like, he's just saying it. And I just, I, I had it in my mind the entire time that he's staying. So I did, you know, it, it wasn't as much of like a, a, a shock or like an appreciation for it as maybe someone who thought he really was going to leave might have, but yeah, that, I mean, it, it, it's remarkable that he, you know, did stay and, and, you know, fulfill his promise of I'm bringing a championship to the city and, from where they started when they were 15 wins his rookie year. And I mean, it's crazy. He tweeted in the, I, mean, I think it was between the 2013 and 14 seasons. You know, I promise I will not leave until I bring the championship to right. the city. And I'm like, I look back on that. I'm like, the dude was averaging like six points a game and tweeted yep. this. Like, that's wild that, you know, imagine like, imagine a, a six point per game score being like, guys, I promise I'm not leaving. And it's like, normally you'd be like, who cares? Like you're, you average six points a game. Right. Like, it doesn't matter. And it's like, he was like, he kind of knew he was going to get better. Everyone, everyone had a feeling he was going to get better. And um, 
it's just really cool. He was able to, you know, become what he did and, and fulfill that. You know, it's, it's crazy. Cause you said everybody had their doubts. Well, I don't know how old the people were, but if they're old, like me, that's because you were a jilted, depressed Bucks fan for a majority of your life watching this team suck and bad things happen. Boga goes up for a dunk at the best year of his career and gets pushed and torches his elbow and is never the same player again. I mean, it's, it's It's been one thing after another as a Bucks fan seeing what this happens. You have a great big three in Glenn Ray and Sam, and it lasts all of one season. You had one season for this thing where you actually made a run. You never had any type of longevity. This Bucks here with Middleton, Holiday, and Giannis gives you far more longevity than you ever had with Glenn Ray and Sam. You literally had one year, and then George, Carl, and all that drama and everything else. That's all Bucks fans had to hold on to forever. So now as well as Giannis staying or leaving, Jilted Bucks fan is like, no chance. We're never going to get that lucky. We're the damn Bucks. We're the Clippers of the East. There's no way this dude is staying here. And he did. And then won a championship on top of it. It's just, it is truly, truly amazing. All right. Another one here on Giannis celebrating his 28th birthday. And Demarzian, what's left for Giannis to accomplish at this point? Not much. I mean, it's just going from, you know, there's there's almost nothing he can accomplish that he hasn't already. But it's really just going from, you know, a one-time champ to getting up there with the greats of having multiple, you know, three, four, maybe creating a type of dynasty. That's really all he has left of, like, you know, to really move him up these, like, to go from, you know, again, the, the, the 10th to 15th greatest to top five is just doing it again, getting back there, being just as great, you know, clutch moments like the the 50 piece and stuff like that just just coming through when it matters um i mean you could you could argue the you know getting a jump shot and stuff like that would would help him you know if he can if he has a couple of years where he can look better shooting the ball it might you know help his legacy a little bit of people being like wow he even you know improved his his shooting and that's that'd be such an impressive thing for him to do but i mean he doesn't need to do that to to really you know move the needle at all really the only thing that'll move the needle is just again getting back legendary performances as he's had and just, um, you know, carrying this team to, to more championships and potentially starting, you know, a dynasty. That is it. Now, whether it's the box or somewhere else, he has to win more rings. If he's going to be in that top two, top three conversation, he's got to get to like five, somewhere in that area um, in, in order to get that. And that's a lot four rings, but again, he's 28. He's got lots of time. He's got a decade probably left before he's all said and done would be my guess or somewhere close to a decade uh, to be able to get four more. Very, very difficult to win championships. I'm not trying to minimize it, but if he's going to take that next step, Nathan said earlier, top 15 player. Well, if you want to get up to the Michaels and the Kobe's of the world uh, and LeBron's of the world, he's got to win more than one championship. It's kind of like in the NFL and, you know, a lot of guys hate, you know, when I do this, but everybody, a lot of people do it is, Quarterbacks are based on how many championships they've won. There's a bunch of dudes that have got one, but it separates you when you have two or three or more. Now that brings you to the next tier. Now there are the rare exceptions, right? Dan Marino doesn't have that. And he still, you know, categorized as one of the best ever fine, but he doesn't have the ring. So he's never going to be one. Imagine if Marino had four rings, he'd be the best quarterback of all time. I bet you that, that would be my guess. Best quarterback of all time. Had a stronger arm than Montana, just everything. And, no dice. So I think for Giannis, if it's about being one greatest of all time player, if that's what the goal is. And I don't know if that's what his goal is or not, but if, if that's the goal, then 
he's got to win several more championships in order to get there. Because if he ends up with two or three, I don't think that's enough to have that conversation with him and LeBron and Kobe and Michael uh, as far as who's that guy. I don't think he's there yet. He's got to win more championships. You agree? Or do you think he can get in that conversation with just one? It won't be with one. I do think if he gets to maybe three and, you know, wins more MVPs, defensive player of the year has all these accolades. And, you know, again, the, the first team, all defense, first team, all NBA every year. And I mean, the way, like with, with what he's done since 2018, it's like, if he can just continue like every single year, putting up basically 30, 12 and five. And then on top of that, he wins three championships. You could argue he's in that conversation. I mean, that would put him in the top five, I think. And then you could argue he's up there with, with the, you know, potentially like the LeBron Jordan Kareem's, but I, I, you know, it'd be hard to put him above them. It's like, at best you'd put him on their level. If he wants to get above them or solidify himself in that conversation, he'd have to win, you know, four to five, which is very, very difficult, but that's what makes those guys the greatest is they, you know, they've been able to do that. And that's the, the thing that going back to what we talked about the last topic about him leaving was, did he think he could have a better surrounding cast somewhere else outside of Milwaukee, right? But him and Middleton's relationship has developed to the point now where unless Middleton leaves, Middleton signs and stays, and all indications listening to Middleton is he wants to stay. So if Middleton stays and signs another deal, I think that helps you keep Giannis. But if they can't get a deal done with Middleton and Middleton rolls and goes to play somewhere else, then I do think it's going to leave open some, some questioning about whether or not Giannis you know, we'll stay through the next one, depending on what type of player they can get Giannis. If you look at LeBron's career, that dude's always had guys after he left for Miami. He's always had star players around him uh, to surround him to win. Kobe Bryant had Shaq forever. Fine. Then after Shaq, then it was a little bit of a funk. And then he was able to single-handedly motivate and make better Paul Gasol to the point where they could win a ring with those two. That was a very, very difficult thing for Kobe Bryant to accomplish, something I don't think he gets nearly enough credit for. There's not many guys that were going to go win a championship with themselves and Paul Gasol at that point. Uh, And Kobe was able to get that thing done. So for Giannis now, the way you look at it, or the way he should look at it is, as I get older, I'm going to need more help. I can't play the reckless style that I play forever, you know, into my mid to late 30s and think my body's going to be able to handle this forever. He's different than LeBron. LeBron is physical, yes. Giannis is more of a more bully ball, I guess, than maybe even LeBron. And LeBron is a very physical player, but I think Giannis is even a, a, at a level higher than LeBron at this point. Yeah, Giannis is like definitely, you know, I'd say the most physical of any player that you know in recent memory of just you know that's that's their game is driving and um, getting to the paint and getting to the rim and in transition and stuff and. As you said, LeBron, LeBron is, you know, was that too, but um, just not to the level of Giannis. And yeah, as he gets older, it's definitely gonna, it's definitely gonna take more help. It's it's gonna be harder for him to, you know, just carry teams and you know, the fact like him taking Boston to seven with no Chris, like that's just something that, you know, as he gets older and you know, he's only 28, this isn't gonna be for a little bit, but as he gets older, like that's something that he probably can't do, you know, is just completely take over, have a like 40% usage rate which is absurd and, you know, will them to, a, you know, three, two lead, almost getting over the hump in a, a seven game series against that team. And 
yeah, that that's the stuff that'll that'll change a bit. And um, you know, I guess, yeah, you could argue that maybe something else he could accomplish is winning a title, you know, even more on his own than he was when he had two guys with him. But sure. but nobody wins titles on their own. Like that's the thing. Like the, the number of guys you could point to that you could say, wow, they won a title basically by themselves is like almost nobody. Cause it's like you that's it's a team sport. Every pretty much every sport is, you know, any team sport is a team sport and you don't just win with one player. Um, so I'll give you another one here, Nathan, real quick. I brought this up on the big show um, before. If they win another ring, I think Middleton ends up being a hall of famer before this is also, if they get two rings, Middleton and Giannis and Middleton averages 20 in his career, somewhere in that area before this is all said and done. I think that dude may end up in the hall of fame too, because of the multiple rings with one team. Yeah. And if, uh, you know, if he, like he did in the finals where he has like some big performances and I mean, he averaged, was it like 25 in that series in the finals? It's like, if you're a 25 point per game final score for two series and get two rings, like, yeah, I mean, you're in the hall of fame. Yeah. I I think Giannis's greatness is going to allow other guys to, to get to levels that maybe they wouldn't have gotten to without Giannis as well. Nathan Marzon, it was fun. Looking forward to, uh, watching the Kings coming up uh, Wednesday night. And then we're back at this recording again on Thursday night. Everyone have uh, safe travels uh, as we get a little bit closer day by day to Christmas. Uh, what is, what a young Nathan Marzion ask for, for the holidays? I, I guess I didn't ask. Do you ask for Bucks stuff specifically? Do your parents still come to you? Like Nathan, what do you, what would you like? Or are we at gift card level because they can't shop for you? So they just give you gift cards and tell you, go get what you want. Or where are we at? Christmas, you know, obviously coming up and then my birthday is late May and I always just say, don't get I me too. Anything. What day is your birthday? 27. Shut up. Is yours 27? Yeah. What? That's, crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. How cool is that? That's right, wild. So, Good yeah, stuff. So right, I go always, ahead. I always tell them, I'm like, you know, don't get me, or at least for the past few years, I've been like, don't get me anything. Um, if the bucks are in a bit, you know, in a series and I want to go to a playoff game though, like that's, that would be my gift at that point for, you know, uh, Christmas and birthday combined. Right. Like just, I always just kind of save it up for in case I want to go to a, a Bucks playoff game or a couple bucks playoff games, um, down the road. So if they don't get there, okay, I didn't get anything, but I don't really care at that point. Like I, huh. there's nothing I want more than like going to a, those bucks playoff games. So that's kind of what I just asked. And for. those aren't cheap dates either. So your parents no. are loving you a lot in order to send you a bucks playoff games, whatever the case may be. Awesome. All right, man, that'll do it for green and growing and fun little nugget. We have the same birthday. Who knew that was a thing, but we do now, May 27th. So uh, we both expect big, gigantic, enormous birthday presents uh, sent to both of us for giving you green and growing all the way up to our birthday, May 27th. Just, just a heads up. Start planning it out for both of us. Have a good one. Toodles. Toodles.